You're listening to the Jersey Hardwood Podcast, moresportsnow.com, sponsored by LG Insurance. And the whole More Sports Now team is here. I'm Steve Titchener alongside Matt Lachlan in our studio. And on the line, our own John McAlevey joins us. But first, a word from LG Insurance. LG Insurance Agency is where we shop seven insurance carriers and you work with a professional agent to help you get the best pricing and value out of your home, car, and business insurance. LG Insurance Agency is a destination for all your insurance needs. LGinsuranceagency.com or search LG Insurance Agency. And we're back on the Jersey Hardwood podcast and uh, how much difference does a week make? Uh, last show, John, uh, we were just talking talking up Jersey basketball with, with Rutgers and uh, Seton Hall. And, of course, they, they go out and will lose their next game. Uh, let's start with uh, Rutgers. Um, and, and, look, what you want to do as a team, right, is you want to take care of your, your place. You want to take care of home court. And there is no complaints there, right? I mean, Rutgers is perfect at home. So nothing can be said there. They're doing a terrific job at the rack. The problem with Rutgers, as we know, is away from the rack where they're one of one in seven now. And even a head scratching loss in Toronto to St. Bonaventure in there, too, guys, not just the, the struggles in the Big Ten. Now, we know how deep the Big Ten is. We know how tough it is to win at these arenas. But here's the problem. I mean, they're playing great defense. They're getting to, they're staying close. They're getting down to the few minutes with a chance to win the game. And then, look, they get the stops on defense, but they don't have the offense. They can't get the bucket. So now we've seen this several times now this this season. And, you know, then afterwards, you know, you know, Steve Peichel says, I'm, I'm proud of my guys. And it's it's wash and repeat. I mean, it's it's a very difficult thing to watch because, listen, this is a special season at the rack, but it's been a big struggle away from the rack and they've got to figure out a way to win on the road. Well, that's a theme, by the way, for the entire Big Ten. The Big Ten is a home conference, not counting neutral site. And in Rutgers record, they're 0-2 at neutral site. They're 1-5 actually in games played on an mm-hmm. opponent's yeah. home court. The only team in the Big Ten, there. by the way, there's none above 500 on the road. There's only one that's at 500, and that's Illinois. They're four and four. Again, not counting neutral sites. Maryland's two and four. Uh, Oh, here's a 500 team. Michigan State, they're three and three. You know, I'm going to revise my numbers a little bit. Uh, Penn State is slightly above 500. Penn State went to East Lansing and won. 13 and 0 Maryland at home. 12 and 1 Illinois at home. 10 Mm -hmm. and 2 Michigan State at home. 11 and 1 Penn State at home. 11 and 1 Iowa at home. 15 and 0 Rutgers at home. 10 and 2 Purdue at home. 10 and 1 Wisconsin at home. 10 and 2 Minnesota at home. 12 and 2 Indiana at home. 11 and 2 Ohio State at home. Even Michigan, which is having a subpar year, 8 and 4 at home. The only two teams below 500 at home are the two bottom dwellers, Nebraska and Northwestern. So Rutgers is just falling right in line with the way the Big Ten has unfolded this year. It is a home base court. And if you look at, and I haven't done the numbers here, but if you look at the the disparity in fouls called, yeah, yeah. somebody's got to talk to the director of officiating in the Big Ten. Because if you're it is at uneven. Home, There's no question about uneven, that. Uneven. Uneven. It's massively uneven. The home court advantage in the Big Ten is out of control. So Rutgers falls yeah. right in line with it. And yeah, which, ahead, which further underscores the what Steve you and I talked about last week was the big 
put it in quotes, road game that Rutgers played at Madison Square Garden on Saturday with Michigan as the home team, which was kind of crazy. There was there was some good and some bad that went on there. The good is that Rutgers Nation showed up. I mean, the building was packed. Mm-hmm. There was a ton of red, which means that, you know, alums and, and Rutgers fans and basketball fans in the area are buying in. They're all in on this team that's, you know, maybe a year, almost maybe two years early, you know, cracking the top 25 so that the support is there, which is huge. The problem was they didn't finish it off. That was all set up for them to to pull a huge win to beat Michigan for the first time ever. And, you know, again, as you said, they were in the game. They got down 14 in the second half. They closed in the final minutes, but they just can't make that big shot that you were talking about. But that, that was sort of an opportunity lost. It would have it would have counted as a road win, even though it was, what is it, about 20 miles or 30 miles from, from the campus to, uh, to Madison Square Garden. But that was an opportunity lost that we had spoken about last week. And no question, and your point is taken, Matt. There's no question that there's a big, big uh, advantage at home in the Big Ten. Huge. But still, there's losses in there. I mean, Rutgers has been perfect, but the rest are not all perfect, and there are some losses in there. Now, Penn State goes to East Lansing and, and beats Michigan State. That's a huge win for them. And what we need is, I mean, Rutgers was close in all of these games that they, you know, I mean, Iowa, last game against um Maryland against Maryland, uh, you know, Michigan close again. Uh, so they, these are games that they could they could have pulled out and you can't expect them to pull all of them out, but they need a signature win there. Can they be perfect at home? It's a lot to ask for. Is it possible? Sure. And if they are perfect at home, very well could uh, get into the NCAAs in that case. But still, that that big resume booster will be a big win against uh, going to someone else's uh, court, going to to Purdue, going to Penn State, going to Wisconsin, going to Ohio State, and winning that game. And it's going to be very difficult. If they don't win away from home, they're not going to the NCAA tournament. Their Ken Palm right now is 28. I know that's not the be-all and end-all, and that adjusts. Uh, throughout the season. It's not just, oh, you beat a team back then and they were really good, so uh, you get points for it. No, if that team suffers, you lose points. So it's an ongoing process. But no, if they don't win it, if they don't win away from home, they're not going to the tournament, unless they win the Big Ten tournament, which is certainly possible, uh, although unlikely. No, they're going to have to win one of those road games. That will be very important. And then maintain their structure at home. If they can do that and pick up a win on the road, John, I think they will have a very good chance. And then they'll have to show up in the tournament a little bit. I don't think they can be one and done. But as long as they have a reasonable tournament and pick up a road victory, they should get a bid. But I don't know. Without that win away from home, uh, I I don't think they can get it. I think that's going to be a big black mark. There's four road games left. Uh, the four games left are at Ohio State, at Penn State, which is not going to be easy, Wisconsin, and then Purdue. You would think right now that um, you know Wisconsin and Purdue would probably be their best chances. But listen, on any given night, anybody can beat anybody. Look what Purdue did to Penn Iowa. Penn State Crushed just went them. in and beat Michigan State. Yeah. I mean, look what Purdue just did to Iowa, man. So uh, it, it's very difficult to go into Mackey Arena and win these games. Beat even, them by even, 36 even, last even, night. Listen, even they when they're over 100, didn't they? Yeah, yeah 104. 104. Yeah. So, what? Come so on. even a 
a, a middling Purdue team, if, if there's a such thing. I mean, they're not, they're usually at the top of the Big Ten. Uh, they're not the Purdue that we know, but still, even then, at home, um, they, they they have the p- potential to destroy a team. And Iowa was supposed to be the offensive juggernaut. They're the ones who are supposed to pour in all the points. They got crushed last night. So, yeah, this is life in the Big Ten. I get it. But uh, again, there, uh, you know, Wisconsin's been playing better. Um, you know, Penn State. I mean, come on. We did. They just beat uh, they just beat uh, Michigan State at, at their place. And so um, I, I agree, Matt. I, I think that they do need to pull out one of these games. It's too bad. Again, if we can go back to, you know, the Maryland game where they were down, they were tied with like 90 seconds left and then just some sloppy basketball. And, and here's the challenge with with Rutgers. And we know they it's very clear that they've got an elite defense, their defense. They get the stops that they need against very good offensive teams in their court for, at home. I think they're top 10 in the nation. In Listen, defense. They, they have a fantastic defense, but the problem is, is that like, for example, let's take Seton Hall and we're going to talk plenty about Seton Hall. You got Miles Powell. He's going to, okay, 34 last night going down to DC. That's called stepping up. Okay. But Miles Powell's going to pour in 20 plus points. So someone's going to step up with Miles Powell. Rutgers doesn't have that. They don't have a guy that they're, that is going to get them 20 points or even 15 points. You don't know where this, the offense is coming from. And I know that, you know, Steve Peichel likes him to share the basketball and it's a team effort and he spreads out the minutes. But the problem there is you don't know where it's coming from. And you get a guy like Ron Harper, who looks like Michael Jordan one night, and then Fred Jordan, the next, I mean, it, it's, it's all over the place. And, and, you know, and then there's some concerns. Look, I don't know what's going on with Geo Baker. Look, he had oh, the his thumbs th- bothering it, him. Obviously. The, th- the thumb has to be bothering him. And also Rutgers didn't finish strong last year, guys. They didn't, you know, they may have been worn down towards, uh, toward the end of the season. So the big issue with them is like, and, and stars all over the big 10, you know what you're getting from Cassius Winston. You know what you're getting from Luca Garza. You know what you're getting from those two k- kids from Illinois, the, uh, the Soon Moo and, and Cockburn. You know what you're getting from Jalen Smith, you know, who's a pro. Okay, I'll I, I give you that. He's a great player. But you know what you're getting from these guys every night. You don't know well, you offensively. You just answered your question. Yeah, I mean, you're right, John. They're I mean, pros. These guys are pros. Rutgers has no pros. They don't. Team. They don't, okay. unless some significant development occurs. And, you know, John, uh, you know, Steve does bring up a point in, in a way, and, and I understand why you're frustrated by it, Steve. By the way, 16 and 7, enjoy it. Um, the fact, yeah. of the, the fact of the matter is, okay. Rutgers had nobody coming into this season that you expected them to be offensive stars, did they? You knew They didn't no. have anybody last year. Peichel's built his program on defense, John, and now he's got to find somebody who can fill the hoop. It's not easy uh, who can fill the hoop at crunch time. And yeah, they'll have the odd game here and there where somebody breaks out. But overall, they are who they are. Dig down deep and hope they can grind you down. Yes, I can tell you that the hardest thing to get your team to do is want to dig in and play defense. Nobody wants to play defense. I will readily raise my hand to tell you when I was a kid, Defense was just something I had to endure mm-hmm. until I could get the ball in my hands and try and go to the basket on the other end. So that that is accomplishment number one. He's already got them buying in on defense. And I bet if you were to put, you know, uh, a microphone, pull the microphone away from him and get him just off to the side and say, hey, listen, you're down three with the under four-minute timeout. Will you take that? And he'd say, any day, baby, I will take that because – I can find someone that's going to make a make a shot towards the end of the game more times than not. They just haven't been able to get any to fall down the, down the stretch here. 
But, um, you know, Steve brings up the fact that Seton Hall has Miles Powell and some of these other teams. Those guys are first-team All-Americans. Every college in the nation doesn't have guys like that. There's only there's only mm-hmm. a select few that will have a guy like that that can that can will his team uh, to the to the finish line. So again, yeah. I get back to the fact that Rutgers, I think, is at least one year, maybe even two years ahead of schedule. Nobody figured top twenty-five in their right mind. They're playing great. They're sixteen and seven. They've got a shot at, at the uh, the NCAA tournament. Eight games to go. I would sign up for that back in back in the fall. No question. Listen, let me let me make it clear. I've been to most of the games at the rack. It's been fantastic, especially at the rack. I mean, they're perfect. It's been it's been a, just a great time. But here's the thing: there's a, there's a special season going on here, and there's a sense that it could slip away. And look, you got to be fair with Rutgers fans. You know, we we've endured a lot, so you you get into that. Oh man, this is this. Are we are we, are we not going to get where we wanted to go? Now, listen. At the beginning of the season, if you said, "Hey, you're going to the NIT," I'd be like, "Hey, that's fantastic. It's better than what we've had." But now with the tease of the NCAA, come on, and I, I get it. You know, Rutgers fans are getting a little, a little concerned now, going into the stretch of the season with a difficult road ahead and, and wanting that special season. We want to hang on, and you guys are right. They don't have that NBA type player that's going to uh, that, that's going to come and bring it every night. And that's just the reality of it. Because if you look at the Michigan game at, at Madison Square Garden, which was a fantastic night, by the way, showing that the market is there. If Rutgers plays well, they're coming out and they will fill arenas. And that's just the fact of it. If they don't win in, in the nature of this area, they're not coming out. But I mean, come on, the Rutgers, the rack is sold out the mm-hmm. rest of the season, by the way. But listen, at that that specific game right there, Michigan hit their shots. It's a good shooting team, and they hit their shots, and they live, they live and die by the three. It's a good thing they uh, and they got that Johns kid had the you know lights out night, so he had a special night, and they were still Rutgers was close at the end. But the fact was, and they, and they shot so <laughs> Rutgers shot the ball so much more than, than Michigan. It was the weird. The stat lines were just strange. But anyway. You know, and and they also Michigan got to the line. Rutgers couldn't get to the line. There's that too, but still, the fact of the matter is, is that R- Michigan hit their shots and Rutgers didn't. And we've said this all season long. Rutgers is not a good shooting team. That's not going to change overnight. So as you said, Matt, to your point, they're going to have to grind it out with yeah. defense, and you hope that they get. But it's tough away from home when you need that bucket late, and they're just not getting it. So they're that close. And there's another thing, too, here. We want to change the culture. We don't want this thing where we're looking for the silver lining in the loss, which Rutgers does all the time. It's in football. It's in basketball. It's like, and you know, the moral victories are over. It's t- you got to win one of these games, and and that's all I'm saying. I'm, I'm putting some urgency to it, but I tell you right now, very excited about the team, very excited about their record right now. But the big black eye right now is the fact they just can't get it going away from the rack. I, I think you you summed it up perfectly there. I understand the heart and the loyalty to your school, but this team is on the right track. There's no doubt that Peichel has turned that program around. Now, as John said a moment ago, they might be a year or two ahead of schedule. So, yes, you can taste it, and there'll be disappointment if they don't win away from home or they get eliminated early in the Big Ten tournament and they have to, quote-unquote, settle for the NIT. But that's a that's a feather in his cap. You know, he's going to be able to walk through, he can now, walk through a lot of recruits' homes and say, look, you come here. Look at this building, 9,000 in Scarlet cheering you on. 
Look at the conference we're in. Look where we're headed. Look where I was. You'll be a part of glory. So I mm-hmm. understand there's where you're at. There. Oh, there's a ton of mm-hmm. good stuff. And I think, unfortunately, in, in life, we get caught up in the it's got to happen right now. And it hasn't mm-hmm. for Rutgers yet in terms of an NCAA tournament. And it may still be there. It's in their hands. Look, I've seen, John, you've seen it too. Teams mature suddenly in the last eight to 10 games of a season. It all kind of comes together. Let's see what happens. This Rutgers team has been through the fire. And let's see if they come out, you know, with a bid. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned uh, all of those good things about what's going on. Throw in the facilities that they're that are, that they're putting together that, that they can show up to recruits. Mm-hmm. I come back to the old... Patience is a virtue. It's hard to hear, but you have to sort of go with that. But one thing as a coach, I know speaking with some of my uh, some of my friends that do it as well, I ran into uh, my mentor the other night, Roger Blind, who's won a million games at not only the college level, but also the high school level. And we were talking, the one thing that a coach really can never recreate is in practice, that is, is the frenzied final minutes of a game. Which is which is winning time that under four minute timeout you yeah. know, you're within like a possession or two it's just something I mean you could put sometimes we'll put six defenders on the floor to try and disrupt what we're doing offensively we'll put six defenders maybe in a full court press to try and see how to to test the team's metal but it's just something you can't recreate but but the beauty is that Rutgers has been through a lot of these situations they've come out on the the wrong end of most of them. But they have experience going with that now. Mm-hmm. And and I think that towards the end of the year, having played in that type of situation is only going to benefit them. And that they will pull one or two out of yeah. the fire uh, because, of they, because they've been through it and they have mm-hmm. experience with it. And one more thing, and then we'll get over to Seton Hall Pirates. we got a lot to talk about there. But let's look at their home schedule. We talked about their away schedule. Northwestern. Uh, this Sunday, I'll be at that game. An absolute must win. That's just a resume killer if you if you slip uh, there. And then, listen, they have Illinois, Michigan, and Maryland. And the way that I've seen them play away from the rack, they can certainly beat them at the rack. And it brings up an interesting question, uh, Matt, which you alluded to, that if they don't get the away win, they're not going to win it. But if they hold court and beat all these teams, they, go, they get to 20 wins. They're certainly above 500 in the Big Ten. So we're it's it's a tough question to answer, right? Well, yeah, I I think they will burnish their resume with a road win. The problem is if they don't, yeah, they've got a lot of reasons to say, hey, look, look what we did, look where we're at. We've got over twenty wins. We're in the top half of our league. Blah blah blah. And then you sit there and you watch the tournaments, and somebody pulls an upset, and another league gets a bid. And you're on that bubble and you get pushed aside. So I I don't think that's the road they want to take. There would be a lot of reasons that they would argue that they should be in. And believe me, the Big Ten is discussing all of this right now with the committee members. They're being bombarded with information. Of course, they follow the game as well. But, yeah, there's going to be a lot of lobbying. And, you know, let's see where it where it leads to Rutgers. I just think without that road win, that's that's going to be something that the committee members sit in the room and go, okay, hey, Big Ten guys, you've lobbied. We get it. They, they can't they can't win on the road. Like it's such right. it's such a black mark mm-hmm. that it makes it yep. easy to say next. Also, if you're one and done in the tournament, right? If well, you, that's if, what I was well, going to say. Yeah. If, they, 
Yeah, if they don't win a road game, one of these Final Four, they better darn well win that at least that first go game deep. Of the Big Ten tournament. Go deep, at least. You know, I don't yeah. know if they have to win it, but certainly go deep to convince some people that away from the rack, they actually they can do something. But uh, that's that's the situation Rutgers is in. And, right. uh, and real quick before we switch uh, mm-hmm. switch hats here, what do you think, fellas? Matt brought up those numbers that are staggering about home court advantages. How does that set the Big Ten teams up for the NCAA tournament? It won't be home cooking. They're not going to be playing in their home right. building. Well, it, it tells the true story, doesn't it? It, 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 it tells the story, right? I mean, you're on a neutral site. It's like, okay, who's the, who's the best of this group? So it's, it's, yeah. it's certainly... I mean, it certainly doesn't... The fact that they can't break through on somebody else's home court, it's such... I mean, the numbers, Matt read them off. They're, they're stunning. Mm-hmm. The fact that no one is breaking through, really... Yeah. What does that tell you about, you know, a team going on the road? Do they have, you know, it to get it done on the road? Now, listen, in the NCAA tournament, they won't be playing in the other team's home home facility. But, you know, maybe maybe there's something said about sleeping in a hotel room the night before a game that just doesn't get guys ready to play. Well, when we talk about Seton Hall, I'll give you the Big East numbers. Good teams are always going to be good at home. You, you schedule a couple of cupcakes and you have the home court advantage in your conference games. But there are a few more losses for the big teams in the Big East than there are uh, in the Big Ten. So just something that that stood out. By the way, last night's game, Iowa, they hit, what, 19 threes in, in rolling to the victory. I mean, uh, Purdue hit 19 mm-hmm. threes in wow. rolling to the victory. So they only had like six foul shots. Mm-hmm. But they were all yeah. shooting. For, they were shooting from outside. Meanwhile, Iowa had like twenty. I mean, you hit your free threes throws. when you're hot from th- a three point. You got some, a good three point hit, uh, uh, shooting team. I mean, that's, it just makes it a huge difference when you're on. And that was the particular. That was the case with uh, I thought with Michigan at, at the Garden. They were just nailing their threes, and and, and Rutgers wasn't hitting anything. But anyway, let's move on. Uh, let's go over to the uh, Seton Hall side. But first, let's take a break and hear from our sponsor, LG Insurance. At LG Insurance Agency, our exceptional staff of agents shop seven insurance carriers to help you get the best pricing and value for your home, car, and business insurance. LG Insurance Agency is the destination for all of your insurance needs. LGinsuranceagency.com or search LG Insurance Agency. And we're back on Jersey Hardwood, sponsored by LG Insurance and we were saying last week, Johnny, we were talking uh, Jersey basketball and how good it was. And then Seton Hall goes out and lays an egg uh, at home against Xavier, but then comes back, goes down to D.C. Uh, last night. And, uh, you know, good comeback win uh, down there against, you know, a, a chippy uh, Georgetown team that was without its best player. But still, I mean, this is, you know, that's a big road win for Seton Hall. They needed that. Oh, for no sure. Doubt. And listen, they had won 10 in a row. They were they were going to stub their toe at, at some point, and oh by the way, the team that they lost to Xavier is peaking again. They are uh, they are playing really well right now. So you know I wasn't I wasn't that surprised that they were going to lose. They got down huge early. I think it was like thirty to six or something like that. It was a crazy score, and and they closed. They they got back to make it closer. Um, but again, they were not going to win. Listen, they're not going to win out for the rest of the season. The thing that they did well is they got Sandro Mabukalashvili back into the mix. He's starting to get his legs under him. He played well uh, against Georgetown. And as, you, as we mentioned in the first segment, they always have Miles Powell. He had his season average of 24 points. 
at halftime against Georgetown. And as you mentioned, Georgetown, you know, they had thrown two of their better players out of school earlier this season, two of their top players. And, and Mac McClung, their best player still on the roster, didn't play because uh, he's been injured. And they hung around. I mean, they were only down four points in the closing minutes there. But good teams do, like Matt said, what they do. They win at home, and then they win games on the road. And that's exactly what Seton Hall did, which now leads us to the game of the year in the Big East Conference, which will be Saturday when Seton Hall will roll into uh, Philadelphia to play Villanova, who now is coming off their first back-to-back losses of the season. They lost at the buzzer last night at Butler. So we've got good things on the horizon for Seton Hall in the conference. Well, Seton Hall now with a two-game lead in the Big East. And what happened last night that was from my eyes, the best thing was the quick start. They had had and have had really for a good part of the season, an annoying habit of falling behind and then using their talent and their defense. They were a very good defensive team to overcome the deficit and win. They just couldn't mount a big enough uh, comeback on Saturday at home as their 10 game winning streak came to an end. But last night they blitzed Georgetown right from the start. And yes, while it got close at the end, and I won't say that Seton Hall was never in danger of, of losing that lead. Georgetown made it a game very late, but the fact of the matter is they let start to finish. And that's what you want a team to do show that they can come out and put their stamp on a game against an undermanned Georgetown team. And miles Powell hit half of his free uh, field goals. He had been awful uh, for the previous three games. He admitted as much after the game last night that he has to be better. He's under enormous pressure. Let's be honest. Uh, This is Seton Hall's best team since they, uh, you know, since, well, probably since the early 90s when they were making noise in the NCAA tournament. But they have a chance to go to a championship uh, like the team did in 1989. There's no doubt about that. And he's the man and he's the focus of national attention. And so there's a lot of pressure on his shoulders. That being said, to whom much is given, much is expected. And he responded last night. Yeah, because he, he is the head that wears the crown, right? Matt? Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? He's got he's got help. Um, Miles Kale has not been good this year. He just he hasn't been able to find his touch. But Jared Roden has come on, and and he is going to be a very very yes. good player. Yeah, I noticed. You that. know, I was going to bring him up. He mm-hmm. is not only is he a big guy. I mean, he's at least six seven. He's long, great long arms. But he stretches the floor. He goes out and shoots three point shots. So that sort of opens up the the inside for guys like Sandro now that he's back. And, um, boy, that Romaro Gill, he's been a revelation. So they do have a little bit of an inside-outside thing going. They don't have your prototypical bounce the ball inside and have somebody go to work, you know, back of their man down to the basket type of power forward. But they can sprinkle guys here and there and take the pressure off of Miles Powell with, like you said, Jared Roden can make some shots. Yeah, you know, Miles uh, Powell, listen, they, they needed that win because you don't want to slip here. You, you know, you lay an egg against Xavier here. You, you're going down to D.C. Georgetown's not a great team by any means, but, they, you know, pretty good at home. And, uh, you know, he did what he needed to do, step up big. And that's the point that I'm making, that at least you got you got a, a star that can step up and then another, another person chipping in. And as far as Jared Roden goes, I, you know, I agree with you guys. And, and it's right there in front of you, 6'6". He's a big guy. And I, I saw a tweet last night where there were some scouts, some pro scouts at the game who thought he was the uh, was the biggest, was the brightest uh, oh, star. He's coming on. So he's, so he's, so he's going to necessary. be, as a sophomore, he's going to be your star moving forward uh, when these 
seniors leave. I mean, that that's your next star at, at, at Seton Hall for sure. And, and he had some great plays, even defensive plays. He has good hands, quick hands, made some really good steals uh, toward the end of that game when it was getting close. And, you know, they just, uh, they, you know, Seton Hall made the plays they needed to do down the stretch when things got uh, things got tight. The one thing I'd be concerned with with Seton Hall, it seems like they, they blow a lot of big leads. I mean, they should have beat Oregon. And on that neutral site, yeah, that was a long season. time. Ago, I know it was though. a long time ago, but they had a big lead against a very good team, and 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 they didn't uh, they didn't close there. And there was there's a couple of situations where they have a big lead and they uh, they don't hang on to it. In this case, because they were, I, I think they went out, they they scored the first sixteen points. It wasn't 16 0 run oh, to start they, the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, so impressive start, and that's what you do uh, when you're on the road, right? Well, you, that's you, why yeah. it was, as I mentioned, that's why it was a big game in so many ways because they had had. This history, uh, really throughout the year, but recently of just falling behind and then having to rally, and that's a recipe for disaster, especially when it comes to tournament time. Look, let's let's not skip ahead to the Big East tournament or the NCAA tournament yet. There are games to be played, and they want to finish it out, and they want to win the conference championship. And John, you're absolutely right. Saturday is a terrific matchup. It's on the road, so that'll be a challenge for them at Villanova. And Villanova will be very upset because they've lost two in a row in the conference. If Seton Hall beats them, now it's a three-game lead, and pretty much the Big East regular season championship goes to Seton Hall, barring some unforeseen circumstances. But you don't want to get too far ahead of yourself. But in the tournament where surprises happen, you cannot let some team get out to a 10 or 12 point lead and expect that the magic will happen. So it's such a learning process for Seton Hall this year. Kevin Willard has said that on a number of occasions. This is the first time that Seton Hall has had in a long time, really has had uh, the target on their back. You know, they've had good teams. Kevin's taken the last four clubs to the NCAA tournament, but this is a team that's got depth, it's got size, it's got a national player of the year contender, legit in Miles Powell, and everybody gets up for them. So how do they handle that? How do they practice getting ready for that? Do you just roll the balls out onto the practice court and let it happen? So there's a huge learning curve that's taken place this year for Seton Hall. And it does go back to a degree to that Oregon game where they blew it. It underscored a little bit of an issue about their point guard spot. If Quincy McKnight is there, they're fine. But they need to see more from Shavar Reynolds and Anthony Nelson. They haven't gotten it consistently enough. So, you know, there are things that you look at and you say you wish things were better. But you know what? Seton Hall will take 17 and 5, first in the Big East, ranked in the top 15 any day of the year. No doubt. No doubt. And you mentioned Kevin Willard. I'm sure over the last three or four days leading up to uh, the game with Georgetown, I'm sure he subtly reminded his team about their slow start. You know, that's just what, what coaches do. They find a little something and they harp on it and they can find a way to really needle their players on that. But you bring up another great point, Matt. There's a huge difference between being the hunter and the hunted. I mean, let's face it, for years, Seton Hall has been that team trying to get to that elite level in the Big East, trying, nipping at the heels at Villanova and playing them toe-to-toe over the last couple of years, getting there, playing in the, the Big East tournament finals. But Villanova has always been the chalk. Well, this year, Seton Hall is at the top. And as you said, they're getting everybody's best game. And there's a different... There's a whole different feel to that, how you coach a team and how you expect your team to carry themselves when 
it's them that everybody's getting up their best game for. You know, like Duke gets all the time and Kansas gets all the time. Well, they're getting a feel for that this year. And so far, they've handled it really well, 9-1 and one in the conference. And you only have to look at what happened on Saturday with Xavier. I mean, you know, Najee Marshall, of course, coming back home. He's an Atlantic City kid. But Tyreek Jones, you don't think he wanted to show what he could do? And he had a double-double, almost 20 points and 20 rebounds. I mean, he was out there saying, hey, look at me. So that's what happens in a game like that when you are a club that, that you know, and, it, and it's kind of new to it, if you will, right? So there's an institutional feel at Duke that they're better than you today, yesterday, and tomorrow. But Seton Hall's still trying to feel that a little bit and get their swagger. Um, they've got it, if you know what I mean. But it's not quite built into the the genes and the DNA the way it is, say, at a Duke. And mm-hmm. so when you're challenged, what's your response? When you get punched in the mouth, what happens? And so yeah. Seton Hall's absorbed a couple of those that, blows. To that degree, as the season uh, starts to wind down and we get into, when, let's say, when regular season is over and we start to get to the conference tournaments and look forward to the NCAA tournament. You wonder if there will be that sort of, you know, thing that that is in the back of their minds where maybe not the players, but definitely going to be in the media. They're going to bring it up constantly. Hey, Seton Hall, this is your year. This is your year. You have the Golden Goose is is not retiring. The Golden Goose is graduating when you play your final game this year. So, hey, listen, we can't stub our toe here. We Mm -hmm. have to make this a special season. This has got to be at least a sweet 16, maybe elite eight, and even yeah. dream it even more because next year you're going to come back to the pack. I mean, I wonder if that will start to creep into some minds. Well, that's well, pressure, right? Uh, we'll yeah. see. Well, 17 and five, nine and one in the conference. Um, so, you know, the tournament is assured. Now, the only question now is you're, you know, because you want a special season, you want seating, right? So you don't want to stumble down the road and, and listen, you know, it's still the Big East. They've got a, they've got a tough hoe. They've got uh, Villanova and Philly, as we mentioned. Creighton, they're at Providence, who's playing much better. Johnny, you know that. Uh, you know Butler, St. John's at home, and then at Marquette, Villanova again. So two against Villanova still. They've pretty much been their nemesis, right? And then they wrap up at Creighton at the end of the season. So that's still a long haul, Matt, in terms of uh, a lot of work to be done. And and again, you want that seating, right? You want to. You want to be uh, you want to be up there toward the top. Well, what they're hoping is that they get seated in Albany for the first round and then they move to Madison Square Garden. That would be awesome. That that is what everyone at Seton Hall is thinking, because then you have the fans able to see you. And it's just it just works to your favor. But, hey, let's let's have to keep the pedal on the gas. Right. Oh, yeah. And there's no doubt they will. They're not going to let up. No, this is a driven team. It's an experienced team. You know, McKnight's a senior. Um, Powell is a senior. They've got experience. So they're not going to falter. And they seem to have fantastic team chemistry. And that's a credit to Powell and McKnight, because when you're kind of new to this situation, and you have everyone telling you how good you are. And then it becomes, well, who's scoring the points? Who's getting the time? I mean, Kevin's got 10 guys he brings off the, you know, a total, five off the bench. So now who's getting minutes? And jealousy can rage. And I don't think those seniors have shown any signs of letting that happen. So it's terrific leadership. You know, and I'll tell you, one thing that Kevin probably doesn't have to worry about that, that I do, I, I want to make an announcement here. My eighth graders made the <laughs> playoffs again this year. Way to go, Johnny boy. Yes. Good yes, job, buddy. We made the playoffs. But one thing 
Kevin doesn't have to worry about that I do as far as getting people out there is I'm sure he doesn't get emails from disgruntled parents on why their kids aren't playing. Oh, but, he might. <laughs> oh, my goodness. He, he might get them, but he probably just hit delete where I sort of have to respond and then face them at the next game. That, that's why I like when we play it at gyms where the, the bleachers are on the other side of the court. That's my favorite. Well, this has been fun, guys, man. It's been a great season so far. So this has been great first season of Jersey Hardwood, and that'll do it for the Jersey Hardwood podcast this week. We'd like to thank our sponsor, LG Insurance. Check out our site, moresportsnow.com as well, and we'll catch you all next week. Bye-bye.